Tom Shiflet Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 61 of the Tom Shiflet Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shiflet. In the spirit of Festivus, tonight's episode has a little uh, area of grievances in a way. Uh, a state of the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I haven't been able to record for a little bit and uh like to get some get some frustration out from the past couple weeks. We'll get to that and is it now officially time for Tom to finally admit that he was wrong about Josh Allen? And then Finns, Colts, Browns, Ravens, who's getting left out? We'll get through all the Week 16 playoff scenarios coming up this weekend. And then Nights 1 and 2 of the NBA season are in the books officially tonight. So we'll get into all things NBA, and we'll wrap up the show with my NBA predictions for this un- this upcoming season. So let's begin with a Festivus tradition. Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. You. All right. Oh, man. It's been a little bit since I since I recorded. We recorded, I think it was before the Bills game. Yeah, and I was talking about, you know, it was pretty simple. I laid it out. You know, they were able to run the football, keep the defense off the field against Josh Allen. They should have a pretty easy time winning the football game. They did just that in about, you know, I think – Majority of the first half, and then Big Ben threw the pick six, and that just that was the end of it right there. So defense was on the field too long, and there you go. And then they lose Cincinnati Monday night. Defense was on the field too long. Three turnovers. Offense kind of ran the ball a little bit, but you know that's not really saying much because Cincinnati is one of the NFL's worst defenses against the run of all time. So the fact that they even crack 100 against them, so just a lot of fr- frustrating things. So... Area grievances, state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you've been listening to this for a while now, or you know me personally, you know I bleed black and gold. I've been telling everyone who will listen since, I don't know, April. Steelers are winning the Super Bowl. I've been saying it since April. 11-0 start, best start in franchise history. Now here we are. We're talking about them like they are the worst team to ever exist. They're in the midst of a three-game losing streak. Losses to the football team, not great. My buddy Josh Allen. And a guy who constantly looks like he's looking into the sun in Ryan Fenley on Monday Night Football. The offense sucks right now. And, you know, Big Ben's a gimp. He can't really move. And his arm's falling off again. So that's great. And the offensive line can't put a hat on a hat and run blocking. So nobody can run. And Randy Figner, their offensive coordinator, he won't run a play where the run receivers run around more than 5, 10 yards. So it's pathetic right now. It's Really, it's really frustrating. And I said it before the losing streak was going to happen. I said it before the weird Wednesday night game against Baltimore. They need to open this offense up more or they're not going to win any football games. The defense is great. The defense is elite. But this offense, it's, it's they're going to get beat, plain and simple, the way they were playing football. And here we are. We're in the midst of a three-game losing streak, potentially a four-game losing streak. Who knows? The way Cleveland's playing, it could be a five-game losing streak. It's Look, man, uh, plain and simple, man. Like Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, they are really good route runners. Like Juju is a great route runner. That's what has made him successful in his career. He's not a very fast guy. He's deceptively quick, but he is an incredible route runner. He runs the entire route tree. But Randy Feigner, Big Ben have him running 
Denver's version of Wes Welker's route tree right now. It's absolutely just 5-10. That's it. Quick slants. DBs are not even just backpedaling on these plays. Their feet are just set. They know what's coming. They're not even reacting to anything else. It's just, it's ridiculous, man. And it's, I've been campaigning, before the losing streak started, I said they need to get Juju back to the way he was playing before. Streaks down the field, open up the seams, like just play to his strengths. And it's still just five-yard slants, five-yard slants. And he's getting blown up over the middle because everyone knows this is coming. The ball's coming out in less than three seconds. Everyone knows that. There's nothing that you have to prepare for elsewise because Big Ben's not going to, he's not going to throw it for any further. He's not going to hold the ball for more than three seconds. It's just, oh, uh, it's great. You know, he's not taking sacks and he's not getting hit. That's awesome. But you can't get any big plays down the field just throwing the ball in two and a half seconds. That's not going to work. And it's too much pressure on an offense to be so just perfect with no mistakes whatsoever in 12, 13 play drives every single time. There needs to be some kind of splash plays, and you're not going to get that throwing the ball 5 to 10 yards, dinking and dunking, two and a half seconds from snap to throw. You're not going to make big plays that way, and you're just making life so much more difficult for yourselves. It's uh, it's just it's tough. I mean, Ben has to hold the ball longer. He does, and... It's hilarious now that I'm saying that because it used to be, he's going to get the ball out of his hands quicker. He's getting killed back there. This is a lot better offensive line than it was then when Ben was just being Ben and running around back there and he was getting sacked a million times a year. That's not happening this year. This offensive line, it's it's all right. You know, it's not healthy right now. It sucks that Dotson's out and it sucks that Filer was playing and he wasn't playing well. And then, you know, Derwin Gray came in a bit of a stretch on Monday night, and he played really well, especially pulling on in the run game. They were averaging over eight yards a carry when he was in there. It was a practice squad in there, and he was terrible. He's been bad this entire time. It's just It sucks that there's a revolving door there at left guard, so I understand. Maybe you want to get the ball out quick. Alejandro Villanueva got absolutely worked by uh, Carl Lawson on Monday night. That was the worst game I've ever seen Villanueva play. He was he was terrible. He was he was might as well have just been a traffic cone out there. So, a lot of pressure in Ben's face. It just, uh, but they, they there's so many horses in this stable. They just gotta let them go, man. You just gotta run. Like Chase Claypool is more than just a guy who can just run straight. We saw it in the Philadelphia game. He was post every. He ran every single route. Like that's who's making him score ten touchdowns. He was doing everything. Now it's just all right. Just run straight and hopefully we get a pi because Ben's underthrowing him and. Uh, you know, it's we're looking at a five game losing streak here. We are. I mean, Indianapolis is no joke. Their defense is really good. And Phillip Rivers is playing some damn good ball right now. And, you know, it's it's it can't be just up on the defense to be Hall of Fame every second of the game just to put the offense in a winnable situation and to score. It's just it's very frustrating. And I'm just banging my head against the table, right? I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. And it, you know, the defense has been great and it just sucks that, you know, they've overcome Devin Bush leaving early in the season against Denver. Robert Spillane stepped in. He's been great. Spillane gets hurt. Now we have Vince Williams and Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen. Well, Vince Williams has been on the COVID list the past two weeks. So it's been Marcus Allen dime linebacker essentially safety playing linebacker and Avery Williamson who doesn't even really know the system and also isn't very good at linebacker that's why the Jets gave him away for virtually nothing so it's tough and the middle of the defense is just 
it's parting the Red Sea there. Marcus Allen is not going to be able to fill the hole there in the run. Avery Williamson can't do it either. And one of the best perimeter guys against the run, Bud Dupree, that nobody talks about, he's been missing as well. And Alex Highsmith, he's been good at times. But as you watched on Monday night, they were exploiting him on that side with those keepers. And Ryan Finley went for a long touchdown, the longest play of the game. And it ended up being the back-breaking play that lost in that football game. And it just, it's just it's really frustrating, man. And all the injuries have piled up. And it just, hopefully, you know, when Vince Williams gets back, Robert Spillane gets back, they'll be okay there. They're still going to give up a lot running the football because, you know, Spillane, as good as he is, the guy looks like a fullback. And he's not, he doesn't look like an NFL linebacker. I'm sorry. Vince Williams is great. He's a good number two, but if Vince Williams is going to be your best middle linebacker, it's it's not great. And you saw that before they ended up getting Devin Bush where it was just that kind of lull when Ryan Shazier was out and Vince Williams was the lead guy with John Bostick there. It wasn't great. The defense was okay because Vince Williams is good, but he's not the guy. And it's t- it just sucks, man. It just really sucks. But, I mean, this offense just, it's all on the offense. This offense has to produce. It's its plain and simple. The offense has been pitiful. It's been pitiful for about five weeks now. And, you know, they got away with it against Baltimore. And, you know, they they haven't been able to overcome this their deficiencies of just sustaining drives, just getting a first down. I think it's 59, yeah, 59% of their drives during this three-game losing streak has resulted in a three and out. Like, we just... That's unacceptable, and it's not doing this this defense any favors at all. They're just gassed. They're gassed. When it comes to winning time in the fourth quarter, they're gassed. They're on the field too long, man, and it's just unacceptable. It just it's unacceptable, and I think it can be fixed. You know, I I think it's foolish to see the people that are kind of throwing Big Ben in the garbage. Um, you know, he's not playing great right now, and I understand that. Health-wise, there's a lot of limitations to him right now. You can tell that knee is bothering him from the first half against Dallas when he went out for that that drive where he really got he took an awkward hit and I don't think he's recovered from that. And you can kind of tell that there's you know throwing the ball down the field, he's just not driving off that plant leg and it's just giving him a lot of trouble. And he's under throwing a lot of guys when you know Ben's always had plenty of arm and it just sucks. It just sucks watching him. He's trying his damnedest, but he just doesn't have all of it. He's not a hundred percent. And um I think it's I think it's insane that we're kind of just slamming the door on the Steelers that they don't have a chance. I mean, you kinda this the formula is still, you know, you need a a pretty good quarterback and you need a really good defense to get you through and get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. And I think that's this. I think I think Big Ben, yeah, he's not playing great, but they're still He's still better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league still. So I think I think it's just foolish that, you know, the the window's closed and this isn't a real championship contender team. I still I think that's just insane. And I I have faith that a first bout Hall of Fame quarterback, he can he can turn it around and he can kind of adjust things and get the way that he wants to play or the way that he needs to play for this team to be successful. And I mean you know, I feel a little bit better, though, because yesterday, uh, you know, Juju came out and said he's not going to dance on logos anymore uh, pregame. So all that stuff I just listed, it's all fixed now. We're all good. That was the only problem. The problem was Juju was dancing on logos. That's that's why they were losing. That's that's why they were losing. So 
we're all good now. So Pittsburgh's going to win the Super Bowl now because Juju stopped dancing on logos. Even though he was doing it the first 12 weeks of the season, they were 11-0. No fucking problem with it. But now they've lost three games in a row. Now it's all Juju's fault. Juju's a, a piece of shit a diva who's just worried about his TikTok or whatever like that. He's been a TikTok dude since he came to the league. Like, he's been all over social media. He's making money from all this stuff. Like, you're a fucking bozo if you're, like, watching his pockets, like, being weird about that shit. It literally doesn't affect anything. He's just having a good time. It doesn't matter at all. That's not the reason the Steelers lost three games in a row. And it sure as shit wasn't the reason they won 11 games. Like, they were 11-0. He was doing the same exact thing every single week. They lose three games. Oh, Juju, he's got to stop dancing. It's a problem for them. No, it's not. It's a problem because you guys are dorks, and they had to talk about it every second of the day. And now Juju's like, fine, shit, I'll stop doing it. Jesus, shut up. God damn, so stupid. That's a story that you guys have to talk about? Not the millions of deficiencies that are going on with this team offensively, schematically, and everything like that. We're worried about Juju dancing on the logo. God damn, so goddamn stupid. So infuriating. God, I can't believe people made such a big deal out of that. You guys are so fucking dumb i'm so i'm so livid that that was a conversation yesterday it's been a conversation for like three weeks now and then they had to have a team meeting about it mike tomlin has to talk about it like instead of asking him serious questions about things like hey why don't you guys use play action more or like what are you going to do when this person comes back or like what are you going to do about the scheme or something like that no there's hey what about juju dancing on logos that's a waste of fucking time like you have media credentials, then that's what you're worried about. That's what you're going to ask Mike Tomlin about. That's what you're going to ask Big Ben about. That's what you're going to ask Cam Hayward about. Is Juju dancing on logos. Like, so, oh, so goddamn stupid, man. But like I said, didn't seem to bother the team at all when they were 11-0, but now they're 11-3. It's a huge problem. We got to stop it. So, oh, my God. So the problem is the offensive scheme sucks right now. And is it Fichtner? Is it Ben? Is it Ben's health or is Ben nitpicking at it and he's not calling, you know, maybe Feetner's calling and play action plays and Ben's not doing it because Ben has been only once in his career has he been in the top 20% of play action run for his offense in a season. And in that time, he was only 20th in the league at 19%. So he's usually dead last in the league. It's been the past couple of years with play action. And, you know, so far this season, he's 32 of 56 off play action for 300 yards and a touchdown and no picks. Play action works. It works for everybody. You don't have to be the greatest rushing team in the world to be able to run play action. It's That's such a myth. It's such horseshit. Sometimes play action will actually help the run game instead of vice versa. A lot of people just so, well, they can't run the ball, so play action doesn't matter anyway. No, it always matters. You want to give the defense something else to think about all the time, not just they're either running it or they're passing it, or most of the time they're not even running it, so they're just throwing it the entire time. Mixing that up would help this offense so much, and it's infuriating that they don't do it. It's infuriating to watch other teams use play action all the time, even teams like the Bills who can't run the football for shit besides Josh Allen, honestly. Kansas City doesn't really run the football very well. Most of their big explosive plays are all play action down the field. At the end of the day, you know Mahomes is going to throw the ball, but it's just that little hesitation that just opens up down the field for guys like Tyreek Hill. Like, Pittsburgh can do that stuff. It's just, it. I don't understand why they don't do it. It's just, it feels like it's on purpose. Just, it's intentional. Just do it. Randy Figner said today with the media, they're really working to try and get play action into this offense. If they do, 
that will change everything. That will help so much. That'll just, this offense will turn over a new leaf if they will finally run some goddamn play action every once in a while. I'm not saying they have to be, you know, 19% or something like that, but just get it to a respectable number. At this point, I almost had a heart attack. First drive on Monday night, second play of the game. Big Ben had a play action. He underthrew it to James Washington, unfortunately, even though he's wide open, but they did it. They called a play action play. I was like, is that serious? Like, are you allowed to do that? Is that legal? So, I mean, what? they know they suck. And, you know, the Pittsburgh beat writers are going, oh, well, Tomlin said it was going to get fixed, like, during the Monday night game. What the? What is he supposed to say? What is he supposed to say? Yeah, we're still going to suck this week. No, he's going to go, I have confidence in this team. We'll fix it. We'll be better. Okay. What, what is he supposed to say there? I just don't understand. Like, how is this a thing shitting on Mike Tomlin? I, I really don't get it, man. You guys were crying that he's not getting love for Coach of the Year, and now they have a three-game slump. It's like, ah, Tomlin's got to get fired now. It's like, make up your mind, dude. Is he a really good coach, or do you want him out? Like, you guys have been wanting him to be fired for, what, six years now? Like, and replace him with who? Who are you going to replace Mike Tomlin with? That's always my question. Who? Who's your guy? Who are you going to replace him with? Who's better than Mike Tomlin? Really? Who's available? Who's better? I did the same thing with people. I live in Baltimore, so all the time. Fire John Hallbar. Hallbar's got to go. Okay, who are you going to replace him with? Oh, anybody else. Okay, man. Like, these coaches are really, these are two of the best coaches in the league. Like, whatever, man. Just, all they have to do now is just, they have to get that playoff mindset. And it starts this weekend. You have to play like your life depends on it. And, you know, I think they kind of lost that hunger a little bit when they were 11-0. And they've been smacked in the mouth. And they kind of haven't fought back. That's the weekend to do it. You got a really good Indianapolis team coming in. You got to fight for your life here. And you got you to gotta win out. You got to win on out from now on. Like until double zeros hit when you're in Tampa Bay and you're holding that Lombardi. That's it. That's the mindset from here on out. You got to play like your life depends on it. Because this effort the past three weeks has, four weeks, almost five weeks, has been absolutely pathetic. And I'm sick of doing it to myself. It's really, really annoying. And... You know, when they were kind of playing bad towards the end of that 11-game winning streak, I was kind of like, you know what? I can't complain too much because after the year we had, the past two years where they were frontrunners to win the AFC North and they just completely collapsed and then they missed the playoffs. And then last year, watching a guy named Duck Hodges play quarterback, I mean, I, I, I can't bitch about quarterback play ever again. That was some of the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I had to watch Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges play, so... Even if Ben's playing bad, he's still playing better than both of those guys ever could in their life. So, look, that's the end of my rant and raving here, okay? At the end of the day, this is an 11-3 football team. This is a team that controls their own destiny. Yeah, they're not going to get the first seed anymore. That's fine. I think, at the end of the day, you just want them playing good football going into the postseason. So, these two games here against playoff teams, Indianapolis and the Browns, come out. Handle your business. Fuck it. Handle your business against Indianapolis. You can rest Ben. You can rest whoever you need to. Week 17 against Cleveland because you already locked up the North. You're good. Just wherever you seed, that's fine, man. With this defense, you have a plus quarterback. You can win anywhere. And especially nowadays, home and road doesn't matter. There's no fans. There's nothing. Just It's just another game. So just do what you have to do on Sunday. Just get it done. I don't want to be I don't want to be angry all day, okay? Don't ruin my Sunday. Don't ruin my Monday. Like that was just a perfect get right game. It was it's right there. Ryan Finley, dude. Like it was right there. 
and three turnovers in the first half, 17-0 hole. There you go, man. Just ruined my Monday. Why, why'd I stay up late for that? Why'd you do that to me? God, mother sons of bitches, man. So, whatever. All good. Lost three games in a row. That's fine, man. The New Orleans Saints did the same thing in 2009. They still end up winning the Super Bowl. It's all good. They keep just talking about the Rams team that lost in the first round, whatever. We're glossing over the fact that the, the Saints did it more recently. They started 11-0. They lost three in a row. They end up winning the Super Bowl. It's all good. It's going to be fine. Steelers are still in the stairway to seven. We're all good here. I'm glad I kind of got that off my chest because, you know, I I haven't been able to rant and rave about this. I've been so busy with work. I haven't been able to record. So I got that out of my system. So cool. Next thing. Is it time for me to finally admit I was wrong about Josh Allen? Because, hey, man, he's been pretty good on two, you know, pretty primetime games here, you know, against Pittsburgh on Sunday night and then Denver on the Saturday night, you know, on the Saturday day game. He looked pretty good. So, Tom, are you going to admit that you were finally wrong about Josh Allen? No. No, I'm not. Because I'm I'm still not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not. How am I wrong? He's... He's still a car wreck waiting to happen every single play. And nothing sums that up more than the entire first drive against Denver last weekend. He has a fumble. He ends up getting it back. Then he throws a pick, an idiotic pick, that he didn't even know he had a free play on. So they say, oh, it's a free play. No, it got taken back because there was an offsides. He didn't fucking know that. And then, so they move forward again. Then he fumbles the ball again, and he gets it back again. And then it ends with a touchdown. It's just... It's just dumb luck. It's stupid, stupid luck, and that's going to run out. It's going to run out. It is. It is. It's dumb luck. It's going to run out at the worst possible time. I've been saying it all year. It's going to happen, dude, and I can't wait for it to happen. It's going to be absolutely delicious when this happens, man. And Like, really, I'm supposed to put all my eggs in the basket of a dude who is having his first season, including high school, mind you, with a completion percent higher than 60%. Okay. I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. Really? Like, come on, dude. This is an anomaly. He's completing 68% of his passes. The guy couldn't hit the water if he fell out of a boat. And this year, he's almost 70%. Like, come on, man. That's an outlier. It's like 2017 Carson Wentz. It's an outlier. I'm telling you. This is this is just one of those seasons where, oh, my God, Josh Allen, he's the next dude. And then he's just going to suck from here on out. I swear to God, man. I'm... I'm not even just being bullish on this. Like, seriously, like, he's second in the league in turnover-worthy plays this season. He's behind Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz isn't playing good football, right? No, nah, he doesn't have a job right now, man. Like, it's just, it's working right now. He's still, like, he's still a disaster. He's just getting lucky. He's getting away with it like he wasn't last year and the year before that. He's just not getting away with the stuff. And again, Stefan Diggs covers up so many issues for him, so... But t- hats off to their their whole staff. Sean McDermott, that whole staff has done a great job of dumbing this down, making this as easy as possible for Josh Allen. And, you know, I, he's a lot of fun. And I've maintained that. I've never said that he's not fun. Like, he is fun to watch. Either he's going to do something extremely stupid or he's going to do something that only, like, a handful of people could do. Like, his arm is insane. The talent is insane. I just, the whole package, no thank you. I don't want to deal with it. So, I don't know. The thing that's really bothering me is that it's kind of I have to lay down and kind of just submit to the fact that Josh Allen's a quarterback, like a real quarterback. But I'm still fighting tooth and nail that Lamar Jackson is a fucking quarterback. Why? What are we doing here? Why is it such a thing where it's like, well, Lamar Jackson's still a running back. Why? Why is he still a running back? Josh Allen does a lot of the same things that that Lamar does. He runs a lot too. What's the difference? What's the difference? 
Lamar just led the league in touchdown passes last year out of the fucking pocket. He's not a quarterback, but Josh Allen's a quarterback. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. The guy who just now is having a season where he's completing over 60% of his passes. Cool, man. He's a quarterback, though. Cool. I'm I'm a hater because I'm saying he's not that good of a quarterback, but we're, these are the same people who say Lamar Jackson. He's got to prove he's a passer. Just shut the... It's so insane, man. Well, so... Kudos. I'm very happy for Buffalo Bill fans right now because they have something fun to root for. They have something to be excited about. I was in Buffalo a couple years ago. God, how, how long ago was that? I don't know. That was like at least four or five years ago. Whatever. It was some of the funnest times I've ever had. Went to a Sabres game the night before. Then went to the Bills game. I mean, at Bills Talk Radio, they were arguing if EJ Manuel should be the guy or Kyle Orton. Like, those are dark times, dude. And that defense was really good. They won me a fantasy football championship that year. They kicked Aaron Rodgers' ass that day. Like, they handed him, like, one of the worst games he's ever had in his life. Sleeting, snowing, whatever. It was the funnest time I've ever had in my life being in Buffalo, tailgating, doing all that. But, like, this is great. And I, you know, I don't want to be a dick or something like that. But I'm not going to apologize about Josh Allen until he wins a playoff game. I'm not even going to say the Super Bowl. Win one playoff game this year. If he, if he wins a playoff game... I'll kiss Josh Allen's ass, and I'll, I'll apologize. You got me. I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, I don't see them winning a playoff game. I see them being one and done, and then I'll sit here, and I'll go, I told you so, because he's going to have an epic meltdown. It's going to cause them to lose. Go ahead. I'll be waiting. It's going to be great. I, ca- I cannot wait. Like, the Bills talk has been nauseating because, you know, I've, you know I'm pretty anti-Bills the whole year. I didn't think they were going to be very good. So it's been pretty nauseating. The Josh Allen MVP talk has been extremely nauseating. So I just can't wait for it to be over. I just got to grip my teeth for two more weeks. And then I can come back on here when the playoffs are done for the Bills. And I can be like, hey, I told you about Josh Allen. I wasn't being a dick. I was just legitimately, I'm telling you, this luck is going to run out. It's going to run out. That horseshoe is going to fall out of his ass. And we're going to go right back to, oh, man, Josh Allen's really fun. But does he really suck? And then like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Oh, well, cool. So, again, win a playoff game, Josh Allen. Then I will apologize to you. I'll apologize to Bills fans, whatever. Until then, kick rocks. I'm not doing it. So, let's get into some Week 16 playoff scenarios here. There's a, there's a lot to get through, and they're very they're very simple, of course. Uh, they always are, right? So, this is we'll, we'll, we'll run it down here. So, the 10-4 Cleveland Browns. Here's how they clinch a playoff berth. So, they're at the 1-13 New York Jets. So, easiest scenario is Cleveland wins plus a Baltimore loss or tie. Or the next scenario is Cleveland wins plus a Miami loss or a tie. Or the next scenario, Cleveland wins plus an Indianapolis loss. Or Cleveland ties plus Baltimore loses. Or Cleveland ties plus a Miami loss. That's easy to do, right? That's easy to (laughs) recognize that. That's always very simple, these playoff scenarios. So the Browns is pretty simple. Just, Just win. For all these teams, at the end of the day, it just boils down to you just win and then... You just handle what you can control. Indianapolis, 10 and 4 Colts fighting for one of those last playoff spots in the wild card. They're at the 11 3 Pittsburgh Steelers. So here's how Indianapolis this weekend clinches a playoff berth. Scenario one, they win plus a Baltimore loss or tie. Second scenario, they win plus a Miami loss or tie. Third scenario, Indianapolis ties plus a Baltimore loss. Final scenario is an Indianapolis tie and a Miami loss versus the Raiders. So again, just win and just control what you can control. So Kansas City, 13-1 Kansas City versus 4-10 Atlanta. Kansas City has a chance to clinch a first round bye this week with a Kansas City win or tie or a Pittsburgh loss or tie or Buffalo loses or ties or 
Kansas City clinches the strength of victory tiebreaker over Pittsburgh or Buffalo, and they clinch at least a tie in strength of victory tiebreaker over the other team. So that's that's very uh, confusing, right? So if Kansas City, they win, and then Pittsburgh also wins, they will clinch the strength of victory over Buffalo. And then they will tie. They'll have a tie with Pittsburgh in, yeah, victory tiebreaker over the other team. So whichever team wins or whatever, that's what they're going to have the advantage over. Again, all it is, Kansas City wins. They're going to get to. They're going to get a first round bye. See, eleven to three Steelers versus a ten to four Colts. So Pittsburgh, they have a chance to clinch the AFC North title again this week. All Pittsburgh has to do is win or tie, or Cleveland loses, or a Pittsburgh tie and a Cleveland tie. Just, just win. That's all. You, all you had to do was win on Monday night. But, you know, here we are. I'm talking about playoff scenarios in Week 16. Sorry, 11-0, all good. 10-4 Titans at the 11-3 Green Bay Packers. So Tennessee, they have a chance to clinch the AFC South title with a Tennessee win plus an Indianapolis loss. Tennessee clinches a playoff berth, just a playoff berth, with a Tennessee win or a Miami loss or a Baltimore loss or a Tennessee win plus a Baltimore tie. So all those scenarios happen. They clinch, you know, they clinch at least the, a playoff berth. They could also clinch the AFC South. Go to the NFC side here. So eight and six Arizona versus the five and nine San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals have a chance to clinch a playoff berth with an Arizona win plus a Chicago loss or tie or an Arizona tie and a Chicago loss. The 11-3 Green Bay Packers against the 10-4 Tennessee Titans, like we already mentioned. Green Bay has a chance to clinch a first-round bye with a win, plus a Seattle loss or tie. Second scenario, a Green Bay tie, plus a New Orleans loss or tie, plus a Seattle loss or tie. So as long as both New Orleans and Seattle don't tie and they win, they'll be completely fine. So all Green Bay has to do, win. That's all these scenarios generally boiled down to next one the nine and five la rams at the 10-4 seattle seahawks so la has a chance to clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie or a chicago loss or tie or arizona win or tie pretty easy for the rams just win or tie the 10-4 new orleans saints versus the six and eight minnesota vikings on christmas day new orleans has a chance to clinch the nfc south with a win or a Tampa Bay loss or tie, or a New Orleans tie plus a Tampa Bay tie. So just win, right? 10-4 Seattle against the Rams that we talked about in that game. Seattle clinches the NFC title with a win. That's pretty easy. As long as Seattle beats the Rams, they clinch the NFC West. LA does not get a chance to clinch the playoff berth unless Arizona wins. So that's pretty easy to do. Tampa Bay, 9-5 and five, at 5-9 five and nine Detroit on Saturday. Tampa Bay has a chance to clinch a playoff berth with a Tampa Bay win or tie or a Chicago loss or tie. That's pretty easy. And then the 6-8 and eight Washington football team versus the 4-10 and 10 Carolina Panthers. Washington clinches the NFC title with a Washington win plus a Giants loss or tie or second scenario, Washington tie, New York loss, and then Philly-Dallas tie. So... That's insane to worry about. Just just win the game. And then uh, Baltimore, outside looking in right now, they can't clinch anything. But they're certainly going to find their way in that last spot going into Week 17. All Baltimore needs to do is a win, plus a Miami loss to Vegas, or a win, plus a Cleveland loss to the Jets, or a win, plus a Colts loss to Pittsburgh. I mean, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Baltimore is going to make the postseason here. I think Miami is going to going to fall out there. Unfortunately, they played really great all year, but Baltimore is just too talented. They're going to win two straight games there, and they're going to find their way into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, just like I predicted, three AFC North teams in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland, and three NFC West teams, like I predicted. But I just had I had the Niners instead of the Rams, but still three NFC West teams, three AFC North teams in the playoffs. Just like I predicted, I'll take it. So that's your that's your scenarios for the week here 
just to look out for. And, you know, NBA is back. We made it. We made it a long, grueling 71 days without it. And after night one, you know, we kind of know, right, that, you know, Golden State's cooked. And, oh, man, we got to watch 15 games of the Warriors getting their teeth kicked in every night. Great. Warriors suck. Lakers suck. They got cooked. And Nets and... Clippers finals is going to be lit. It's going to be amazing. And it's, but seriously, like the Warriors are fine. Like, I, I, I don't just, I don't know how you can just watch that one game and be like, oh, it's over. I mean, there was no Draymond for him. And they're still trying to figure out, you know, getting Wiseman adjusted. He didn't have any camp really, no preseason. They started like night one like this Golden State team is gonna be completely different in in a couple weeks let alone a few months so I think it's kind of insane to throw you know Stephen Curry and the Warriors out here I still think they're gonna be like a top five seed in the West they're gonna be just fine I mean Steph he'll be Steph and he's gonna raise the the entire team a la 14 and 15 it's just Steph's gravity all that stuff you want to talk about they're the Warriors are gonna be just fine and I mean they had a 2k created player what was that guy Toscano Anderson he was wearing number 95 like what the f- don't have a guy wearing 95 on the same court as Stephen Curry. Like, what are we doing here? They'll, they'll figure out their rotation. Steve Curry will be doing it. You know, I mean, Wiseman showed some flashes of some tools. He looked really good, and he's going to be really special. So, where's going to be fine. It's going to be all good. There's nothing to take, really, from their opening night beatdown to the Nets. I mean, they smoked a lot of easy layups. They missed some easy shots. Curry missed a lot of easy shots, and it's going to be completely fine. The Warriors are okay. Like don't don't throw the Warriors out. They're they're just fine. And well, the most important thing out of that game obviously was Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. He looks fantastic. He looked phenomenal. The way he was moving, the shot every, he looks great, man. And you know, you're kind of crossing your fingers and you're just hoping like, man, I hope I hope KD is able to come back from this and I hope he's half of the player that he used to be before the Achilles injury given his size and his age and you're like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" and he looked great, man. And him and Kyrie looked really special together. They look like they're going to be the scary duo that we thought they were going to be. And I love this. I love this Nets team, man. The pace that they played with, of course, they're going to play really fast with Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni on that bench. And the offense looks like it's going to be really good. And looks like they have, you know, a little bit of some upside defensively, too. So I think this is going to be a really fun basketball team and I think they're going to be you know like the one seed in the east I'm really I'm really I'm really confident in this team I'm I'm really excited and it's just great to see Kyrie like healthy and happy and there's not too many players who are more fun to watch than Kyrie when he's really on his game and he's really playing well he was he was a lot of fun last night so I'm just I'm just excited that he's back I'm excited that Steph's back I'm excited that Katie's back so that's what you take from game one of opening night and then game two you know, it was great. You know, the Lakers, their ring ceremony and you seeing LeBron getting his fourth and it was just awesome. And Clippers came in and they kind of like blew the doors off of him. And then Ellie did a really good job of kind of clawing back and getting close. But Paul George was great. And it was kind of it was really nice to sit back and watch Paul George play like, you know, Paul George, you know, a perennial all star. A guy who was top three in MVP candidacy just a few years ago. You know, like, oh, we clown him, we make fun of him, you know, for the Denver series or something like that. He still shot 40% from three in that series, you know, and they say, oh, he shot terribly. Yeah, you just remember the one where he hit the side of the backboard or whatever. But, you know, Paul George is still a really good player. And a lot of people were talking about him like he's goddamn Matthew Delvadova or something, like he's a 10th, 11th man in the league. Like, he's still a really good player. This is still one of the best two guards in the league. He's still one of the best, you know, two-way players in the league. So it's kind of insane the... in the the amount of talk that people were were talking about you know Paul George being just a terrible basketball player it's kind of insane so it was really great to see him score the way he was scoring he was really confident he looked really good and you know I, I think 
everything's going to be fine for the Lakers. You know, it's Vogel's still working out his rotations. They got new pieces. They got to acclimate. And, you know, Bron's going to be saving himself more than usual. I mean, usually at the beginning of the season, the past couple of years, he'll kind of take a month off or something like that, kind of chill and not go too crazy. But now having only a 70-day layoff, he's probably going to go two months, maybe, maybe two and a half months of kind of like really kind of like saving himself, picking his spot. So the Lakers are going to be just fine. And, you know, Wes Matthews are talking about, oh, is he cooked? And was this even that good of a sneaky deal? Wes Matthews missed some easy looks. He's going to be just fine. I think he's really going to help them out defensively. He's probably going to be a little bit of a downgrade from Danny Green defensively, but I think everything else, he, he's he's going to be a really great contributor next to LeBron. So, and Anthony Davis, everything's going to be fine for the Lakers and no need to panic. And for the Clippers, like... You know, I, I thought, thought they looked pretty good. You know, Paul George being himself really helped, and Kawhi's going to be Kawhi, so you know that for sure. But I don't know. I still, I'm not really, I'm really concerned about the, the point guard spot still. I think, well, you know, when they blew the lead to Denver and it was kind of going to the offseason, I was talking about they got to upgrade the point guard position. That's got to it's got to help them out. But Tyloo said they're going to try and do some triangle sets with, with Kawhi, so that really helps out not having a a real point guard there. So maybe that'll help mask some of that. And, you know, they locked up Luke Kennard, which was, you know, Luke Kennard's a good player, but he was absolute food the other night. And it looks like he's, he's going to be a real deficiency for them defensively and kind of any playoff series, kind of the way that like Lou Williams is of defense, a uh, playoff, like defensive deficiency for them. So I don't know, I, but I still think these are two, these are the two cream of the crop of the West. We should be on a collision course for a battle of LA actually for the Western conference finals this year, like last year we were supposed to get, but I don't know. I, I think these two teams, they're still the cream of the crop. So it was good. It was some good hoops. It was just, it was nice to see the NBA back, man. And night two was kind of muddy by James Harden, you know, and they said, you know, it, it came out early that he was unavailable due to violation of health and safety protocols on Wednesday afternoon. And he was later fined 50 K and which is nothing. That's, that's not even a slap on the wrist for a man who's a multi, millionaire like 50 50 50 k that's it like that's ridiculous but the video went around of him that looks like he may or may not have been at a strip club he said he wasn't at a strip club he was at a different place and he was celebrating a friend of his who became a manager so it's like okay yeah i, I guess it's cool what the f was he is adam silver supposed to go oh yeah you're good then never mind i thought you were at a strip club party my bad my apologies sir you're okay to play but it did turn out that harden he tested negative for corona monday tuesday and wednesday so i don't know but it's kind of they didn't even kind of specify how long he is not eligible and unavailable to play so it's kind of it's just it's getting disgusting in houston man it's gonna be it's gonna be really bad and like i was saying last time we talked like the longer this goes on the uglier this is gonna get and for houston later on it announced that three players came back positive or inconclusive so that was gonna leave them with less than the league mandated eight players that has to be available to play a game. So they postponed it. I don't know why they postponed it. They should have just been a forfeit because you saw the video. James didn't do what he was supposed to do. Even if it's not related to the tests that you had, still, that's enough grounds for me to just be a forfeit. But they postponed it. James is doing his best. Costanza oppression right now. He is George Costanza, the bodysuit man. He's in his car doing donuts with the World Series pennant on the back of his car yelling on the bullhorn that Steinbrenner's an asshole and he's an idiot and the Yankees suck and he just he can't get fired. So I don't know what James is going to do. Uh, it's, he's kind of corny right now and I'm kind of all, I'm usually in favor of player empowerment, but there's a difference between player empowerment and just being an asshole. So I don't know. It's not a good look for James right now. And you know, I'm a pretty big James Harden guy, so it's pretty rough. He's kind of acting like a bozo here, but um, I, I don't know. They, they just, they got to figure this out, man. They really do. And whatever packages they have that seems somewhat, you know, viable, 
terrible for them because they're honestly, I don't see them competing anyway. You know, even with James, I don't see them making the playoffs. The West is really stacked and it's really talented. And a lot of teams got better than last year. And I just, I don't see where Houston fits in with that wall, boogie, Harden. I don't see where that fits in. And we don't even know if Harden's going to play all the time or he, how much time he's going to miss if I, I just I don't know I don't see it's a, a thing where they compete and oh well that trade package is not good enough they were talking about on TNT where you know the Allen uh what was it Allen Lavert and Dimwitty for Harden there's like you know that's not enough well it's like it's better than what you're gonna get from most places and it's something it's something you can build on it's something you can work with yeah you're not gonna compete in the West you're really not gonna compete in the West right now so I don't know I don't know the longer like I said the longer this goes the uglier it's gonna get and I just feel so bad for Silas I mean he busted his ass he grinded to get to the head coaching spot and this is what he's dealing with this offseason the dumping of Russell Westbrook you know Maury leaving Harden doing his, you know, his tour and his saying he wants to be out of here and listing every single place on the planet he'd rather play at. And then game one, you're postponed because you don't have enough players to field the team. And James is on the internet, like defending that he wasn't at a strip club, but he was. And it's just really bad for Silas. This is a complete shit show in Houston. So, but good for Russ. He got out of there. He knew it was going to be a disaster. And it looks like he kind of found a nice little place there in Washington for him. So I don't know, man. Uh, aside from that, you know, kind of, like I said, it kind of muddied the day. You kind of felt like, oh man, like this is shitty. This is going on. And you just knew the media wasn't going to like slam the league or something like that. Cause they didn't defend, they didn't like come down hard enough on James. And it was kind of, it was soft, you know, and Adam Silver, he is very pro player. And I think he's a little too soft on the player sometimes. Cause I mean, right now Harden's just too comfortable, man. He is really too comfortable and he shouldn't be able to, th- this shit shouldn't be flying, you know? So I don't know what they do, but he's got to get out of there. But there were some good games last night. My Cleveland Cavaliers, Sexland with Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton looked really great. The rookie Isaac Okoro, he played great. Like they were just fun. Larry Nance was on a triple double watch the whole night. Like aside from scary Terry, for some reason, have an out of body experience when he plays in Cleveland. I don't know what the hell it is. He had a, a his like, his best game of the season last year was in Cleveland, where he scored most of his point in the second half, and Charlotte ended up winning the game. It almost happened again last night, so it was just like, Jesus Christ, I'm so tired of seeing Terry Rozier. He killed it. He was at 42 points, 10 threes is like, that's a, that's, I think that's like one of the highest ever for a Charlotte player to score at 42 points, and then he had the most in a season opening game, like with 10 threes. Absolutely insane. But lost in that is... Cavs played really fun basketball. They shared the ball really well. 34 assists last night, 26 of them by the starters, and it was really fun. And I'm very excited for this team going forward. Now, do I think, you know, when I was making these predictions, I was kind of the homer in me. I had him in the I had him in the play a game and I had Colin Sexton as the most improved player because I've been screaming it all month or all off season, really all 70 days that Colin Sexton is going to have a superstar leap this year. We saw the numbers he was putting up, you know, right before the bubble went out, he was putting up numbers that were pretty comfortable to what Donovan Mitchell was doing. So I'm excited for Colin Sexton and he looked really good last night. He looked in control. He looked really patient and you know, Darius Garland looks like a completely different kid, man. And I'm so excited because a lot of people were just quick to say he was a bust because his knee was messed up last year and he didn't really get to go through camp and he had a really rough time acclimating and getting in shape and getting there and then finally he started to hit like a little bit of his stride a little bit then he got beat down by the flu he lost some weight and just he just couldn't get any rhythm man it just sucked but he looks really crafty he looks really shifty he was throwing some great passes last night and I'm just, I'm really excited. This team looks fun, and that's all I care about. As long as the Cavs are fun, I know they're probably going to finish bottom of the league, but as long as they're fun and they're putting out a good product, I'm okay with that. And Russ and Beal, they made their debut together 
and a, re- a really fun, entertaining game versus Philly. That was a really fun game, and you know Russ got his triple double, and everyone's talking about that. But you know they ended up losing the game. Ben Simmons looked really fun. He looked really fun, especially with Joel Embiid off the court. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, I'll, you could take that whatever you want. But Ben Simmons was really fun last night, and um, I'm really excited about Philly again. Hello, it's me, the dumbass who's excited about Philadelphia again after them making me look like an idiot last year. But I'm back, baby. I'm I'm ready to get hurt again. So let's do it. And then Bucks Celtics really fun game. Jason Tatum hitting the step back bank three-pointer on Giannis there. And then Giannis on the inbound, he gets the foul from Tristan Thompson, which is absolutely disgusting watching Tristan Thompson play in Celtic green. It really just bummed me out. But he fouls Giannis, 0.4 left. Giannis hits the first free throw, then he misses the free throw with a potential tie. Clock runs out, so oh, that sucks. That was just it was so shitty. And just the Bucks looked like they were back on their same BS, you know, and that's still still doesn't look like Bud has changed too much. But, you know, there was a good stretch of time there. There were zero minutes played where Drew Holiday, Giannis, or Middleton wasn't on the floor. So maybe he's starting to learn a little bit. That's good. But, you know, Dante DiVincenzo looks really good. And it's just Giannis just takes some dumb shots sometimes. It's really it's really puzzling. And even when the three goes in, you're kind of just like, why did you do that? You know, you can get to the post and you can dunk on anybody whenever you feel like. Just do that every time. It's kind of, it's just like, he wants to just like prove that he can shoot or something like that. It's like, you don't have to do that, man. Like, just just dunk all everybody. It's way better, man. And he's got to figure out that little, like, a little bit of an in-between game because defenders are just planning, standing there like, you're just going to run through me. I'm going to get a charge every time. So, you know, it's still just little things that Giannis has to work on. But, you know, he's still so young, man, and he's going to figure it out. So once he does, everybody look out. But, you know, they the Bucks still have some work to do. And I think the Celtics still have some stuff to work out, too. And Tatum still got to fix that shot selection, man. It drove me nuts in the postseason last year. And he took a lot of, like, just questionable shots in the first half. He really struggled shooting the ball, but he picked it up in the second half. Luckily, he had Jalen Brown there, who was fantastic. Jalen Brown is so good, man. And I'm really jealous that the Celtics have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because I can't stand the Celtics. But, you know, Jalen Brown's really fun to watch. And Jeff Teague looked not watched, so that was pretty interesting for them. So Boston's going to be a really fun, interesting team as well. So both these teams, they're an incomplete product. They're going to be completely different teams here shortly. So very good game. That was a really fun game. And Trey Young, he hit them with a flamethrower in Chicago. Like, I think it was like 86 to 56 at some point in the third quarter. Trey Young was really fun. Atlanta is going to be so much fun to watch. I'm so excited to watch them on League Pass every single night. John Morant put on a show, 44 points against DeMar DeRozan and San Antonio. It ended up being a loss. DeMar DeRozan was really great down the stretch. He finished with 28 points. Like that was a really fun game. And then Lonzo Ball, God, it just it warms my heart that he figured out. It looks like he may have fixed his jump shot there. The shot looked really smooth. It looked really compact. He was knocking it down. He was taking it with confidence, actually. And that really helped New Orleans pick out, like get a, a surprising win against Toronto on the road opening night. They looked really good. I mean, Brandon Ingram and Zion, they speak for themselves. They looked really good, but I don't think it's sustainable for Lonzo to shoot the way he did last night. He was shooting like he did in UCLA, but if if that's sustainable, our, New Orleans is already going to be really fun, but their ceiling just changes a lot if Lonzo is just a perennial guy who may win most improved player. Like, if he plays like that, New Orleans is going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And Buddy Heald with a crazy, crazy tip-in at the buzzer to beat Denver like it was off. Harrison Barnes smoked a layup that potentially could have won, and then there goes Buddy out of nowhere to tip it in. Like, that was really fun. And Luka and Booker back and forth in the fourth quarter of the game last night. And Phoenix is going to be really fun. I'm so excited for Phoenix, man. Chris Paul is going to make not only Devin Booker's life so much easier, but DeAndre Aiden's life is going to be so much easier for Chris Paul, man. And it's Phoenix is going to be so much fun. So the West is going to be just a dogfight, man. There are so many teams that are so talented. It's 
it was kind of crazy to get it down to like 10 teams, honestly. And I, I feel like when I put this together, I was like, man, I feel like I'm missing somebody or like, it's insane that this team isn't going to make it. But I'm just, I'm so glad that the NBA is back. Uh, I really am. It's just so, I'm so happy. And it was nice. Like I was so pissed after Monday night football. And I realized like halfway through the day, I was like, oh shit, I get to watch Kyrie, KD and Stephen Curry play basketball tonight. Like, and LeBron gets his ring. Like life is good. Like we're back. We're okay. Like I, I can kind of get over that. So that kind of helped me not completely go off the rails this episode about the Steelers, even though I probably wasn't, you know, as cool and calm as I wanted to be through it. But it probably could have been a lot worse if I would have recorded after the game. I was I was not a happy camper. So here we go. Let's wrap up with the predictions of some awards, playoff seating, who's going to win the finals, all that stuff. Let's get into it. So MVP, I'm going Kevin Durant. And I just think, I think Kevin's like really hungry. I think he wants to come back and prove that he can come back from this injury. And he's he's better than he, he was before. He he looks like, he looks great, man. And the, the Brooklyn's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be kind of interesting to see if like Kyrie like takes MVP votes away from him, like the way that it was with Steph and KD. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. But right now I'm, I'm going KD. Luka was a second one for me where I kind of flipped a coin, but I just... I like this Brooklyn team a lot, and I just feel like Kevin Durant's going to be the driving force for like a 1-2 seed in the East, possibly the best record in the league. I think I think he'll be MVP. Defensive player of the year, I thought it was Anthony Davis last year. Giannis won it, no problem there, but I think Anthony Davis wins it this year finally. Rookie of the year, I'm going James Wiseman. He's getting thrown right into the fire now. Like I said, he showed some flashes of some really, he looks like he's gonna, he's got all the tools, so I think that's going to be something where James Wiseman is really going to be a serious contributor for a team that's going to be competing for a top five, four seed in the West. So I think I think that's going to get him the rookie of the year there. Sixth man of the year, I picked Karis LeVert. I was with, you know, whoever Brooklyn's sixth man was going to be. Well, you know, opening night where it was either going to be Karis or Spencer Dinwiddie. I was going with that. Looks like Karis is going to be the sixth man. So I'm picking Karis LeVert there. Most improved player, uh, the homer in me had Colin Sexton, but I'm going OG Anubi. I think out of nowhere, he's going to end up like eclipsing Pascal Siakam as the two. He's going to be the number two option behind Kyle Lowry before we know it. And OG's really talented, man. He's going to be he's going to be a stud, and I hope he really blows up this year. I really think that's going to happen. Coach of the year, this is all really Brooklyn heavy. I love Brooklyn, and I really love Brooklyn. I'm, I love you know Kyrie, and wherever Kyrie goes, that's where... My heart goes, and I, I, I legitimately love this team from like top to bottom. I really think this is a really talented team, and I think they're going to play a style that's really fun, but it's also really effective. And I think this team's going to play really well. And uh, Nash, you know, first year, he's going to be on the bench with you know one of the best teams in the league. So I think, I think Nash is going to get that coach of the year there. And I made a, you know a dart throw with first team, second team, and third team NBA. So let's see, first team point guard, I had Steph Curry, I had Luca. KD, Giannis, and AD. That's your first team, All-NBA. Second team, I got Dame, Devin Booker, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Nikolai Jokic. And then the third team, this was kind of tough, but Kyrie, Paul George, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and Zion Williamson. I think I think that's, that's a pretty good idea of what maybe the third team will be. Who knows? You do this every year, and then someone just has like one of those meteoric rises where it's just like, oh, shit, I didn't see this coming at all. And then they're stealing one of those third team or second team ones, or they're stealing a first team one. It's knocking down somebody else. You know how it works, whatever. So seating real quick East. I have Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Miami, Toronto, Indiana, and Washington as the eight seed and the play in game. I have Orlando and Atlanta in the West. I got LA Lakers and Clippers, Denver, Dallas, Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, Portland, 
And in the playoff game or the play-in game, I have New Orleans and Memphis. So that'd be really fun. I'm again, the West was like pulling teeth. Like I don't have Houston in there. No, I don't. I I don't think they're gonna make it at all. Regardless if they move Harden or not, I just I just don't see it. I mean, Memphis is really talented. New Orleans is really talented. Portland, I mean, people are going crazy about Portland. I mean, Chuck put what a hundred bands on them to make the finals. Like, yo, just just donate that to, to charity or something. Like that's insane. You're just burning money. Like that's completely idiotic. I think people are kind of overrating like the Robert Covington addition because you know Covington's good, but he's not going to fix all the deficiencies of that team defensively. Like nobody guards besides him, and Nurkic isn't really what he was post injury or pre injury. So I, I think the Portland love is kind of insane, and you know people are already saying Dame's the best point guard in the league. Like like let's let's relax, guys. Like Stephen Curry didn't die; he's still alive, and he's going to prove everybody this year he's still the best point guard in the league. So. Uh, again, uh, the Portland love is cool and all, but I just I don't see them being like a top five seed and like being in the Western Conference Finals. I I just don't see that shit at all. So my Eastern Conference Finals, I have Brooklyn, I have Philly. Western Conference Finals, I have Battle of L.A. And then the finals, I have the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. Lakers in six. I know I went out on a limb there. That's kind of the chalk one so far. And but I don't care. I don't care if the chalk. That's the one I want. That's what I want to see. Damn it. I want to see Philly or I want to see Brooklyn in the finals. That's what I want to see. I want to see Ben Simmons in the finals. I want to see Kevin Durant in the finals. I want to see Kyrie in the finals against LeBron. That's what I want to see. So sue me. That's what I want. So if that's chalk, you know, kick rocks. That's that's what I think it's going to be. So whatever. But all of this can change before you know it, like in a heartbeat. Wherever, whenever James Harden is traded, that's going to change everything. That's going to change the entire outlook of so many teams and so this could be all for naught. This could look completely idiotic in a couple months. I hope it does, because that means the season is really interesting and fun. If it's chalk the whole time, that's that's kind of lame. But I think I think that's I think that's where I'm at with that. So that's it for me. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. You know, it was nice to get back. I haven't been able to record in a while, so I've kind of missed it. I did able. I was able to do like my podcast with my buddy, the Word Trying Podcast, with Casey Allen, streaming on all platforms. That's a plug right there. But that one's a lot easier where I just, I hit record and I just sit down and that's it. I don't have to prep. I don't have to do anything. It's just the two of us are just being stupid. So it's kind of easy to do, but this one's kind of a lot of work. I'm still trying to juggle my new work schedule that I got. So it's, it's, it's a process right now. So you can make sure you can follow me at Tom underscore Shiflet on Twitter. If you have any questions, topics, comments, anything to the show, make sure to write in at Tom at gmail.com. Like I already said, listen to Word Trying Podcast, Casey Allen and myself, all streaming platforms. Happy Festivus, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. It's over! It's over! Y'all take it easy. I'm out.